You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Illustrated, Matt Coulter, a former Alabama Broadcaster of the Year and longtime media personality, and Christian Miller, a national championship winning linebacker at Alabama who was drafted by the Carolina Panthers. Here's Lars, Matt, and Christian. It's big noon, and it's literally noon in Alabama. Big noon sports, as you just heard, Lars, Matt, Christian, the gang is all here. And I do some, believe it or not, I do a little pre-game, all right? I got three or four things we could lead with, but I think what most people want to talk about. pre-game, you actually mean it's research. Not, it's not tailgate pre-game. Okay. Okay? I'm not eating and drinking. Uh, I'm just reading coffee. a lot. I mean, you got Hugh Freeze afterwards. Uh, what's happened in the last 24 hours? It looks like, and Steve Irvine from 1819 Sports will join us in a minute. It looks like Trent Dilfer is going to be the coach at UAB. We'll get reaction to that. Man, we got so many big name coaches in this state. I don't know if there's ever been a time where uh, there have been sort of these uh, again high profile figures who are all going to be head coaches at different universities across the state. But we'll get into that in a second. The big deal, though, is what everybody was watching last night, it's Tuesday night, and what happened with the college football playoffs. And I'll just kind of toss it in your direction of the studio. Um, everybody wanted to know, you thought, maybe Ohio State would drop below Alabama. That didn't happen. Um, but the big deal is USC and TCU. Uh, losses there could perhaps pave the way for Alabama. Yeah, so the the committee came out, uh, Georgia number one, Michigan number two. Uh, even if both of those schools lose their conference championship games, they're in. TCU at number three. I think if TCU loses in a close game to K-State, I still think TCU is in. Alabama has to hope that TCU gets blown away by K-State and looks just terrible, uh, and then that perhaps could drop TCU all the way down to 6 or 7, and Alabama also has hope that number 4, USC, loses in the Pac-12 championship game because right now you have uh, Ohio State at 5, and Alabama at six, and really, you know, when you compare the two resumes, uh, I don't think the committee made a mistake. Ohio State, uh, yes, they had a terrible game against Michigan, their rival, but that's the number two team in the country, and they only have one loss. Alabama has two losses, and I know we can debate that Alabama only lost both of those games by a total of four points, and both were on the last play of the game. But, um, hey, a loss is a loss is a loss. I'm sorry. That's just the the way it is. And so Alabama has an outside chance, but they have to be rooting for the team from the Little Apple in Manhattan, Kansas, to have the game of their lives and just destroy TCU by three, four touchdowns. And I find that highly unlikely. TCU, after what they did to Iowa State, who's, you know, average but a decent football, they hadn't impressed me simply because the Oklahoma game earlier in the year, they just waxed the Sooners. But 
Um, they 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 won late. They had to come back. Their victories were 10, 10 points or less. Uh, but what they did to the Cyclones was pretty impressive, and any win obviously will keep them there. Um, and then there's USC. So we'll talk to our man Christian Miller about USC. I just saw, by the way, that uh, Joe Gaither sent me Christian Leary, the wideout, very, very fast player, has decided to enter the transfer portal there in Tuscaloosa. Uh, first of all, let's can, open Can I tell you one thing real quick? Sure. So Alabama has to really be rooting for one player from K-State to have the game of his life. And he's a former Nebraska Cornhusker. That's Adrian Martinez, the quarterback. There, for... there you have it, Christian. Four <laughs> minutes into the show, we get our Cornhuskers update. That might be a new record right Hey, what's there. up, man? How you the, doing, Christian? You know, the thing, he, he's been hurt a lot, um, but uh, but it, but it, they're gonna. I think K State's gonna try to use him in, in pretty unique ways. Um, and uh, it's been two weeks since he's played, but. Uh, um, I, I think he is going to play in the in the championship game. So he's a special player. He's a special special player, and uh, he and he's is, by the way thirty four. <laughs> I know he is. <laughs> I th- yeah, and I think he's been he's been starting. Yeah, he's been starting. He's been a starting college football quarterback now for seventeen years. Um, now it's like the COVID year and and, and everything else uh, transfer portal, um, but. Uh, you know, I, I I think it'll be interesting to see. But go ahead, I interrupted right, you. Now, I, Chris, Christian, fire away. How you been, man? Been good, been good. Uh, just you know, keeping up with these playoff uh, rankings and uh, you know, hoping Alabama still has a chance. But uh, I mean, it looks like really the the only chance they have at this point would be for both TCU and USC. I feel like would lose um, just because Ohio's coming in. Ohio State's coming in at five right now, but. I guess you just got to keep waiting and seeing, but that that honestly, I feel like is the only way. It really is if those the three and four teams lose. Um, I think that's their best bet. Christian, do you agree with the committee putting Ohio State at five and Alabama at six? You know, I guess it's, I, I would say it's almost a toss up. You know, um, I, you know, one loss to a, a number, I guess number two team, um, you know, does sound a lot better. Except when you look at it and you watch the tape. Um, that it was it was not very close. You know, it was pretty much a beat down at home. And, uh, you know, Alabama's two losses obviously were very close, came down to the last play and, um, you know, a total of four points. So with that being said, you know, I, I can understand why they did it. I personally would probably respect Alabama's team a little bit more and, and respect their losses a little bit more, even though there's two of them versus one. But I can see why they they did that, and you know it is what it is. That's kind of how the playoff committee works. They're they're going to put that that record first and foremost, and then they'll they'll look at all the other circumstances. Are you guys believers that once they put them in there, it's a lock? I mean, Ohio State and Alabama are are there. I mean, the only thing that can change is in front of them. And, and the other question is, Lars, is t- do the Tennessee fe- people and all that have a right to gripe since Alabama lost? Tennessee beat Alabama, but yet they're behind them. Both have two losses. Yeah, but you'd look at where Tennessee is now. They lost their starting quarterback, Hendon Hooker, to a season-ending injury, and they got beat by, what, four touchdowns by South Carolina. Uh, This is a team that is uh, on a downward trajectory, while Alabama, uh, you know, played really well in the Iron Bowl. And so I, I have no problem with it, and I'm not saying that just because we live here. I, I, I think it's a, I think it's a, I think it's fair, 
Um, and but the committee is uh, they're they, they're getting some criticism from uh, yeah. writers all around the country and and fans too, especially Tennessee fans. They're just like, you know, what, what's going on here? We beat these guys, and uh, we both have the same number of losses, and yet we're ranked below them, and that's just because. Well, they're Alabama and we're Tennessee. I mean, in in, in I, I get that, but um, I think if you if you really analyze where each team is right now at this moment, and you put them on the same field together uh, without Hendon Hooker, yep. Alabama beats them. Alabama would probably they'd be a double digit favorite. I think at least. Yeah, you, Christian, does the loss of Hooker hurt? I mean, does the committee take that into consideration, Christian, and should they? You know, they may take it into consideration, but I think the biggest thing that they're considering when they when they came out with those rankings is that, you know, Tennessee, like Large has mentioned, lost to about four scores to South Carolina, who at the time, I'm not even sure if they were ranked. Um, I mean, they're 19 now, but still, they, I mean, they lost badly, and that was with Hendon Hooker. I mean, he didn't get hurt until later on in the football game. So, I mean, I know Tennessee beat Alabama, but again, they beat Alabama at, in their in their home stadium, you know, on, on a last play. So I mean, it, the, the, to me, if if you're if you're trying to debate that, you know, why the why they're at seven behind Alabama, that's just you know, I, I don't know. That's to me ridiculous. I, I think you know it, it, it explains itself. You can't go lose by four touchdowns to a team that was barely in the top twenty-five and expect to to jump by a team you know that has two losses to two top twenty-five teams on the road by you know a total of four points so but it, to answer your question I, I don't it's tough to say i mean i'm sure they probably do consider where they stand at now you know given that their 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 um heisman uh candidate quarterback is injured but you know I, at this point it's all frivolous i mean i, I think everybody it, the fact of the matter is people were worried about the top four teams trying to win a championship i mean coach Saban said it best it, Unfortunately, there's not as much attention on the rest of the bowl games now that you know, you have a 14 playoff because that's all everybody's worried about. Do you think the injury to Hooker cost him the Heisman Trophy, and that's what really opened the door? And I think we all believe that Caleb Williams is going to win it. Uh, do, do you think uh, that 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 injury just devastated his chances, Christian? I, I think it pretty much ended uh, his chances. However, I don't know if that. I mean. I wouldn't say he was a lock before he got hurt. You know, he obviously had a really yeah. good shot at getting it. But I would say, yes, I think that injury pretty much, you know, closes that door, unfortunately, at least in my opinion, um, given that uh, Caleb Williams is, is continuing playing and he's playing some really good football and he's trending upward right now. So, um, unfortunately, I hate to say it, but, yeah, I, I think that kind of does close that door on Hendon Hooker winning the Heisman Trophy this year. But, you know, like, kudos to him because he had a phenomenal year. You know, he beat Alabama, yeah. and uh, he's played some really good ball. And he's got tremendous potential that he's going he's gonna to make a name for himself on the next level, no doubt. News breaking. I guess it's broken, and now it's it's out. I, I guess what are we waiting on the news conference? It appear, appears that uh, Trent Dilfer, not a name we often discussed, is going to be. Uh, we've never discussed it on okay. this show, as a matter of fact. <laughs> and, Often being and, the wrong and, choice and the of thing word. Is, but, but Steve Irvine, he's the one who broke the story, and he's not getting credit by ESPN or any of the national guys, and that just irks me. But uh, we'll there was a credit. local guy who broke the story. We'll give Steve Irvine credit on the other side of the break.
From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Ray Maliazzi here for eBay Motors. So you have to drive 300 miles to your cousin's wedding. Okay, so it's his fourth. But you know what they say, fourth time's the charm. <laughs> Clear with a freeze likely below at 31. And tomorrow the weather will stay dry with a good supply of sunshine, the high at 57 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 56 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Welcome to Big Moon, Big Noon Sports. Matt Coulter along with Lars and the gang and Christian and the gang and Tuscaloosa and Josh and the gang here at Crawford. Uh, appreciate all of you listening here in Birmingham, in the general area, in the metropolitan area here in Birmingham. Then you got Tuscaloosa. we got Gadsden Aniston. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, joining us now is um, got broke the story now that Trent Dilfer is coming to the University of Alabama, Birmingham. He's going to be the new head coach with the Blazers. Uh, Steve is with uh, 1819 News. He heads up their sports department. Steve, how you doing, and when did you first start finding out about this? Hey, I'm doing good. How y'all today? Uh, first, I first heard I first heard Dilfer's name uh, several months, a couple months ago, six weeks, couple couple months. A uh, guy that I, I know that, that – um, pretty good knowledge of it and kind of read some names off of names that they known they had talked to already. And Trent Dilfer was one of the names. And, you know, I kind of stopped him and said, hold on a second, Trent Dilfer. And he said, yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's talked to him. They, you know, they, they're, they're intrigued by him. And, um, you know, I knew he was coaching, but didn't know much about him, but I just kind of threw that name to the, to the side, you know, just didn't, really didn't think that he fit to what they, you know, what they were talking about. And then uh, last night, just uh, uh, got a text from a source that said, uh, you need to call me. And uh, called him, and, you know, he told me that, you know, it's going to be Trent Delfer. And, um, and, and my first reaction was, you know, are you pranking me here, or is this true? You know, uh, because it's just, it, it seems out of left field, you know. And especially when they're talking about wanting college head coaching experience, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then, you know, talked to a couple more people and it was certainly was true. And so we just kind of, kind of went with it. And, um, you know, honestly, they, it, it, it kind of, because it broke last night, it, they kind of, I think moved up their timeline of when they want to announce this. He wanted to wait till after the championship game, uh, at Lipscomb Academy, uh, tomorrow, but you know, they, they moved everything up and, uh, you know, and he's a guy. And I tell you what, the more I look into him, uh, he's an impressive guy, you know. I, I don't know, you know, I don't know about his coaching, but he's a pretty impressive guy. So it's 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 it was an interesting. It's been an interesting couple of days. Yeah, Steve, uh, really good job with reporting and, and cultivating sources. Uh, very impressive. I, I wish ESPN and others would give you credit for uh, breaking the story, but of course, uh, that's not going to happen. Um, okay, yeah. so uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, you, you had it first. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it's sort of documented. Am I am I incorrect in that? No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right, and, and I'm okay with it, Lars. You know, I know the way that it works, and you know, and and uh, it, it's just, it is what it is. But yeah, I mean, I I definitely was. I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, it's documented. I definitely was the first to throw it out there. Yeah. 
But um, you know, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, it really a, it, doesn't. It, I'm sorry, it, it, as a as a fellow reporter, that's just aggravating uh, when ESPN yeah. says that Pete Thamel broke the story and it's running on the scroll, and uh, they're doing that to enhance the reputation of Pete, and they give no credit to the person who actually broke it. All right, enough of uh, journalism uh, yeah. insider talk. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, Trent Dilfer, this is a very unconventional hire, and in a lot of ways it reminds me of Jeff Saturday with the Indianapolis Colts because Saturday yeah. had no previous NFL coaching experience, just like Dilfer has no previous college coaching experience. However, you look what he's done at Lipscomb. Uh, when he took over Lipscomb uh, two years prior to their arrival, uh, in to his arrival in, in 2019, Lipscomb had won a total of three games, and the program hadn't been to a state championship since 2007. And then Dilfer orchestrated this magnificent turnaround. His first team went seven and six. His second team in 2020 went 11 and three. Uh, last year, his team uh, won the state championship at 12 and one. And this year, they're 12 and 0, uh, despite replacing 27 seniors on the squad. Um, and they're, they're about ready to play for the state championship. Now, I, I, I'm wondering, it, I don't know if you've looked into this, is, is there open enrollment in Tennessee where he can kind of recruit players, or is this just simply coaching the kids up? And is there some uh, similarities to what he has done at Lipscomb to what he can do at UAB? Well, I, I do think this. I have looked into it a little bit. I, I do think that as an academy or as a private school, he has the ability to bring in players, uh, from what I can tell. And, 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 and in his case, uh, I think there is a little bit of, I just got better players than you, you know, type thing. I'm not saying that he's not a good coach. I just think that it's one of those uh, things where he's, they've, they've got very good players. And, uh, but I, I do think that, that, that can translate a little bit to, um, to, you know, to the college game. I mean, it's a different recruiting, obviously. But uh, but I think it's um, it, it, it got it has kind of a college feel to it. I think you know kind of like the IMG sort of uh, of um, model, I guess you know where it's got a college feel to it. Where I do think it'll it, it'll help, and 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 I do think that um, he's uh, he, he's got sort of a head start a little bit on on the way to run a run a college program. And I you know and, and I think and you know you know as well as anybody. It's going to be about who he surrounds himself with. I mean, you know, he's going to have to hire a very good staff that that understands, uh, you know, the recruiting game, understands the college game, understands how to, um, you know, how to how to run a college program. And you know, I don't think that you can just bring in a bunch of your NFL buddies and 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 run it. I mean, not that you can't have some of that, but but I think that you're going to have to. He's going to have to really. Be smart with the way he, uh, he, you know, he he puts his staff together, and he strikes me as a kind just by the stuff I'm um, I'm looking at. He strikes me as the kind of guy that really understands that because you know he's been around with the recruiting aspect of it. He's been around with the Elite Eleven. Uh, you know, he's certainly a smart guy. Uh, so I think I think he's going to have a pretty good handle on, on on how to do that. We just have to see, you know, how 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 he'll, he'll pull it off. Steve, you know, this is becoming a new trend now. Like Lars had mentioned, we've seen Jeff Saturday, who previously had no head coaching experience, get a job with Indianapolis Colts, and now UAB is hiring Trent, Trent Dilfer. Do you feel like this is a new trend 
And uh, do you think it's a smart move on their part? Uh, I, I do think it is a new trend. Uh, you know, you look at, at, at Deion Sanders is the same sort of uh, it's the same model there. You know, uh, um, I, I, I think it's a I think it's smart. I mean, I think it's it's a little out of the box, and 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 I think at, at this level. Sometimes is, is the way you should go, you know. Instead of trying to bring a traditional, you know, somebody in that, um, you know, it's you know, a retread, so to speak. I mean, think out of the box a little bit, and, and I think this is certainly out of the box. And but it's going it's, it's going to become a little more in the box because I think you're seeing it more and more. I want to go into the back to the coaching search because. And we may have discussed this last time you were on. By the way, we're talking with Steve Irvine from 1819 Sports News. But we were talking, like, names of Skip Holtz. Um, you threw Tom Herman in there at yeah. one point. Um, yeah. why, were they ever in the mix? Uh, they were talked to. You know, I, yes, I think they were in the mix. I think I think there were a lot of people during this process that, that eventually said no. Some of them said no at hello. And some of them said no after they talked to him. And, and you know, I think that um, I, I feel really certain. I know they talked to Skip Holtz, and I know Skip Holtz was involved. I feel really certain they talked to Tom Herman. I think there was a lot of guys they talked to. That's the one thing that I, that, that I will give a lot of credit to Mark Ingram during the search. He, you know, he had a lot of time to do it, and he took advantage of that time. I mean, he spent a lot of time. You know, talking to you know, he said early on, and and from what I understand, he lived up to it. Was he wanted to make you say no? So he, you know, uh, no, he wanted you to say yes, but I mean, he wanted to, to go to you, and you had to tell him no. You know, like like you, you might see, he might see somebody that he thinks that okay, well, they probably are not going to want this job, but I'm going to ask them, and I'm going to pitch them on it, and and if they say no, they say no, I'll go on to the next guy. And so I think there's, a, I think there was a lot of people. That he talked to, and I think honestly, I don't know names yet, but I think there were a few people that, few guys, like you know, like maybe a Tom Herman type that got a little deeper in the process than you probably would have thought he would have, and then they decided to you know to back away for whatever reason, whether it be money, whatever it was, or another opportunity. Uh, but but I mean, I think there were a lot of guys like that that they they definitely talked to. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the the players have been lobbying uh, Mark Ingram, the AD, uh, for Brian mm-hmm. Vincent, the interim coach, to take over. Uh, and he he led UAB. It was a six and six record, but hey, they get to go to the Bahamas Bowl. Steve, I hope you get to cover that and you get to go to the Bahamas. Uh, but uh, are, is is this? And, and we all know Mark, and uh, he's a very, very impressive guy. Uh, and I hope UAB holds on to him as long as they possibly can. But is this sort of in line with the Mark Ingram that you know? Because this is a swing for the fences higher. This is either going to be a home run or a strikeout. I mean, I don't think there's going to be any in between there. This is absolutely who Mark Ingram is. I mean, I... I I think it's that's a great question and it's a great way of putting it because I think that's that's what he is. I mean, I think he's he's gonna take these these chances sometimes, and you know it, it, it could pay off and it, and, it, and it couldn't. But but I think this is I think this is right in his wheelhouse and of what he you know what he does you know and um, 
again, it could be, you know, I, I think, I think part of it too was, was when, was when they kept Rob Eason as a, uh, as a basketball coach after Jared Ash left. And that was, that was a real safe, you know, just a real safe hire because the players wanted him. Uh, you know, he, and Rob's a sharp guy and, 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 you know, a good, good coach. And, but it was just real safe. And, um, and I think, and it didn't work out. I mean, you know, it just didn't work out. So I think that that, that might have uh, sort of taught him that, you know, hey, I got to go to who, who I am, you know, and, and not always be safe. And I think that that had a lot to do with, uh, you know, there's a whole different situation, but I think that, that, had a, that learning during that probably had a lot to do with this, uh, with this decision. Can you hang through a break for a few more minutes? Because I'd like to ask another UAB yeah. question or two, but re- really we'll want to go the you know, for a while before we get to Birmingham. Um, he covered USC. He's a West Coast. You know, he has it. So right. I'd like to talk to him about the entire uh, college football picture. We'll do that on the other side of the break. Big Noon Sports. Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. We did it. We time-traveled to yesterday. Wait, Progressive covers us 24-7. You win it. Back on Big Noon Sports, Matt, Lars, Christian, and our guest from 1819 News Flash Sports is Steve Irvine broke the story about Trent Dilfer becoming the new UAB head football coach. Uh, where does this put Brian Vincent, and will he continue go to the Bahamas Bowl? Um, boy, what an awkward situation. I do know that I, I read something probably from you that Dilfer will coach in the Tennessee High School Championship game. But wh- where's Brian Vincent? Yeah, he, from what I understand, and, and I, I, I'll have to get it confirmed today, uh, but from what I've talked to some people this morning, that uh, the staff, uh, Coach Vincent and the staff, will coach in the Bahamas game. Uh, at least at this point, it looks that way. And, and uh, you know, so they'll they'll uh, continue their practice. Uh, they'll start their practice really next week. Uh, they're, they're kind of taking the week off where they're just kind of lifting, uh, but not on the practice field. And so they'll do that. And, as of now, he'll be uh, the staff will, will finish it up, and, and uh, you know it, it's going to be a little awkward, I think, because you know Trent Dilfer will be there. You know he'll be you know, he'll be at the offices and maybe watching practice too, and so it'll be it'll be awkward. Uh, but um, you know I think that you know Brian Vincent and the staff they're so close to the players, and obviously the players you know they mean a lot to the players. You know as you can tell over the last few days. Uh, and really for a while, the players have been standing up for him. So I, I think it's important to all of them to finish this thing, you know, the right way. And, uh, you know, that's certainly a great trip. They've been, they've been there. You know, some of them have been there. And um, so I think they'll finish it up and then uh, and then move on. Steve, with so many players advocating for Brian Vincent, do you feel like there's any opportunity that he stays on staff with Trent Dilfer or, or you know, continues in a role somehow with the players? I don't think so. I, I mean, in this case, I don't think. I think he's he's he'll, he'll move on. Now, I do think there'll be, uh, from what I understand, what I've heard, that there'd be that he might keep a couple coaches on staff. 
uh, just for the continuation of, of you know the program and what you know what's gone on there. But I don't think Coach Vincent will be. Uh, you know, I don't think he'll be an option for for that. Steve, um, what, the fact that Trent Dilfer, former NFL quarterback, he's worked with Elite Eleven. Um, do you think it will make it more attractive for quarterbacks, high-level quarterbacks, to come to, um, to come to UAB? And also, I don't know if you've had a chance yet because all of this has been breaking so fast. And again, you broke the news first. Uh, I want to make that clear to everyone. But uh, do you have a, a sense of what kind of offense Trent Dilfer runs at Lipscomb and at Lipscomb High School in Tennessee, and will he kind of want to run the same offense? And I suspect he would here at UAB. I, you know, that's a good question. I haven't really had a chance to look into that, but but I, I do think that that's who he is. You know, whatever what whatever he runs, I know. Um, I know they score a lot of points. I'm not sure how they get there, to be honest with you, but uh, I would expect it to be real similar. Uh, you know, I think that um, from from what I've heard, he's going to bring in you guys that are really familiar with what they do now, uh, not necessarily guys from his high school staff, but friends of his that are, you know, kind of think the same. So I would expect it to be similar to that. I, you know, I would love to get over and watch their championship game on, uh, you know, on uh, tomorrow, but um, I'm going to be at the, uh, you know, at the, at the Alabama high school championship game. So won't get a chance to see it, but hopefully I'll get, you know, a chance to watch it, you know, at least a tape of it to kind of see what they do. And I think it, I think it'd be real similar. And I, I do think that it, it's going to really raise the, 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 the quarterback possibilities of, of kids coming into to there. I, I mean, if I'm a high school quarterback and, and, uh, you know, I, I would, I would love to play under him. I, I, you know, with his illegal 11 and just kind of what he's been and what he's done, I think there's going to be a lot of guys that, uh, you know, that, uh, quarterbacks certainly that, that come here for him. Staying on the topic of coaching hires, what do you think about Auburn getting Hugh Freeze? I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm torn by that. You know, as a, as a, as a, um, Football coach, he's he's tremendous. I mean, he's proven to be tremendous. Uh, you know, and with the rest of it, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm I'm kind of I don't know. So I, I I'm I'm a believer in in second chances. I'm a believer in um, we all make mistakes. Lord God knows that, that that I've done some stuff that thank the Lord you know nobody found out about. Um, but but I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm torn by it a little bit, even though I think he's a great coach and. You know, we'll, we'll see what, uh, we'll see what happens. But I'm also, I'm, I'm also a, a fan a lot of times of, of, um, again, thinking out of the box. And, and I don't think, uh, Cornell, uh, Williams is, is ready to be a head coach necessarily, but what he did over that short time and energized that place, you know, sometimes you just have to, you know, kind of again, make a, make a, uh, out of the box decision, but but um, but I don't know. I mean, you know, it's easy to sit here, you know, on, on the couch or in your chair or whatever, and, and make decisions. But as a football coach, I thought, you know, he, he freezes obviously is, a, is an outstanding coach. Steve, we discussed uh, you know the college football playoff rankings earlier, and I'm just curious: do you feel a, a two loss Alabama uh, deserves the playoff spot over that one loss Ohio State team, even though it was a pretty bad loss at home to Michigan? Oh boy, that that's a tough one. I um, 
Personally, I do because I, I think, and, and part of that is is because we see, you know, body of work more that with the, with Alabama. Even though they, you know, they've had several games that they squeaked by, you know, and really you know, got had we're fortunate to win. But I just think with the, you know, the grind that you play in this conference week after week, um, you know, I I think if you look at the full picture, full body of work, then. You know, I, I, I could see that. I understand both ways. I understand why you, you would take Ohio State. But it, personally, if I was if I was doing it and just looking at it, I would I would probably take Alabama over Ohio State. Steve, you spent uh, you're, you you grew up in Huntsville, and uh, you yeah. spent 16 years uh, with the Long Beach Press out in uh, California. And, and word has it that you uh, never learned how to surf. Come on, man! If you're out in if you're out in Cali, you gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta grab the board. Com- this is coming from a guy from Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's true. I want to ask you about USC. Um, number one, are you surprised how quickly Lincoln Riley has turned it around? And I'm curious about the NIL money at USC. Is it going to be very lucrative or because there are so many other things going on in Southern California uh, where other people can spend their money? And I know there's a lot of rich people, a lot of rich USC alums, that's for sure. Um, Do you think that they'll be well stocked when it comes to uh, dishing out NIL? Well, I think knowing that program, I, I think when you have the right head coach and you have a dynamic guy, you know, a, a guy like a Pete Carroll type of guy, uh, when you have the right guy there, there, you have endless money because people want to be, you know, L.A. is a uh, is a real front runner sort of town. You know, they love you when you're winning, and 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 when things are going well, I'm, I mean, you know, I go back to the Pete Carroll thing. You look at the sidelines of of, of uh, you know, of, of, of the USC games back in those days, and it was like, um, it was you know, like a an actor convention, or you know, or so you know, just yeah. had so many guys that you kind of hang Snoop, around. Snoop, Will Ferrell, and, yeah. Oh gosh, yeah, and I mean, you just go down a list, and you know, and, and you know, there were there were NBA guys there, and you know, just just it was just it was just like it was crazy, and and I think so. I think if you have that right dynamic person that's running it and, and they're winning. Now, again, you know, in LA, you've got to win. I mean, cause they don't, there's too many options to, uh, you know, to, to support a loser, you know, there, there just is. And, and, um, cause you look, you know, you look at the Lakers when they were rolling, you know, they, that's, that, again, that was still you know, all those actors and, and whatever were there. So I do think it's, 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 um, when, when things are going well, like they are now, I think the NL, uh, NIL money is going to just come flowing in there. Uh, now, first couple times that you you know you struggle, you know that that money goes away real quick. Steve Irvine has been our guest and a darn fine one today. Steve, what it is the I guess uh, five thousand dollar question maybe for the investment, but are you going to the Bahamas to watch Miami and UAB? Uh, at this point, no, but I'm still working on it. So y'all pray for me because I'm still working. Okay. I'm still working on it. <laughs> well, after what happened in the last 24 hours, you yeah, deserve you, it. You've earned it. Yeah, you've earned it. Uh, <laughs> well, great I stuff, Steve. That. Thank you. <laughs> uh, thank y'all. Y'all Thanks, take Steve. care. You too.
outstanding reporter and individual, by the way. Uh, you're listening to Big Noon Sports. Um, I've got a what do I have over here? Huh? Step away football just for a, a couple minutes when we get back. Let's see if you guys uh, read what JT Justin Thomas did. This is Big Noon Sports with Lars, Matt, and Christian. You know what happens in a plasma chamber? Big stuff. Science stuff. Diamonds. I'm Tom Osmond. Fincher and Osmond Jewelers carries. Alice Hours, it took you to wrap your trees and bushes and outline every peak and gable of your house with lights. If you've lit up your house in any way, we want to see it and share it with the rest of Alabama. All submissions will be qualified to win $1,000. So when your house is lit up, go outside and snap a pic and send it to us on our free app. Sponsored also by Hudson Pool Fine Jewelers and Townsend Honda. Let's light up West Alabama this Christmas. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Sunny, cool, and windy this afternoon. Temperatures will hover in the middle 50s. For tonight, the winds will die down, clear with a freeze likely below at 31. And tomorrow, the weather will stay dry with a good supply of sunshine, the high at 57 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 57 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You want to get out? Tell me. Back on Big Noon Sports, Christian Miller, Matt Coulter, and Lars Anderson. Appreciate everybody dialing us in and continue to dial us in in the Gadsden, Aniston, Birmingham, and Tuscaloosa areas. Coming to a city near you soon. Anyway, just a quick note because I think that a lot of people that listen to these shows and keep up with football also keep up with Alabama, former Alabama golfer Justin Thomas. Um, and uh, there's a story on here, here today that uh, he is joining the TGL. That's a, a league that Tiger Woods has come up with. It's team golf, virtual team golf, which will be played on Mondays. I don't know. I thought it was a great idea. And he and Tiger and Rory, and I see now where John Rahm is a part of it. So they're going to be doing that on Monday night. So it be interesting just to logistically figure out how you have Team golf over what are they Xboxes? What are they going to use, Josh? You would know. You're one of those video game guys. Is it um, like the Honestly, same? What they'll probably do is have a screen. Yeah. So they'll play a short game where they're hitting into that screen, and then they can have wherever it lands after there where they can put into the green. Okay. But are they playing? Excuse me, I'm just going to have to. Ask. Are they playing with a, a little what do you call it? A toggle switch and box, or are they? actually taking full swings into this big I'm asking questions I don't know the answer to and that Lars has scolded me many times <laughs> for that but um, I am asking somebody So you somebody. know those like arcade style where they have a giant screen yes. and you hit and okay. it directs and you play as if you're going through court so it'll be virtual like that then they'll do the short game putting so wherever it lands from there they'll drive through virtually but then they'll play the short game They actually will putt somehow some way Alright All right. so here, here's okay. what 
I have discerned. Wait a minute. Just first of all, let, let's all get this visual. If they did it with those virtual things that they put over their head, <laughs> can you see them all swinging? No, okay. And, and they may. I don't know. Go ahead, please. I mean, number one, I think this reveals just the strength of the relationship between Justin and Tiger um, and, and, uh, and, and, and Roy, Roy McElroy. And, and to me, uh, Rory and Justin are clearly now established as the leaders of the PGA Tour. Yep. Um, you know, not necessarily, you know, rank number one, two in the world, but just when it comes to representing the sport. Now, again, I don't know much about this, but it, it, the league is going to have six teams, each consisting of three PGA players. And it'll be played in a custom-built arena, and it will combine a data-rich virtual course with a state-of-the-art short game complex. So uh, TGL will offer a high-tech, high-energy, so they, I'm reading a press release here, uh, <laughs> fan experience uh, with fans sitting greenside. So it will be... I, I, I see a picture of it now where it's like you will tee off into like a virtual machine or so or virtual screen, but then in the arena, you'll actually play the short game, right? And, and so it, it'll be, uh, yeah, it, it, I think it's a pretty cool concept. And, uh, it's going to launch here in January 2024, and it's going to be a 15-match regular season uh, followed by playoffs and then a championship match. And I don't know. It, I, I think it, it, it sounds fun. I mean, as someone who loves golf, uh, it sounds like a lot, a lot of fun. And, and John Rahm is also uh, signed up to be a part of it. And it should be noted, you know, with the controversy of the Saudi tour and all that kind of stuff, this particular team, you know, virtual league has the PGA's 100% backing. Yeah, this and is a this is a great anecdote. Uh, <laughs> antidote. That's an inside joke between Matt and I. Uh, this is a great antidote to the problems going on in golf right now. This is just pure fun. Uh, I got to ask Christian as we get to the top of the hour towards it. Christian, do you play golf? I do play golf. I love to play golf. I played a, a lot with my dad growing up, um, you know, because he, he had been playing all those little, you know, pro-am celebrity golf tournaments a lot, and I always would tag along. So I started playing uh, when I was younger. Um, I don't have enough time. Well, I didn't while I was playing, but, but uh, I play a lot more now, and I, and I love it. And I, I think the idea of this is pretty cool. It's, it's pretty innovative. I mean, it, it almost looks like from the picture that I'm looking at, almost like – like a game show kind of thing. Like, I don't know how to explain it. It's so futuristic and it looks like they got all these colorful lights and stuff, but I think it's cool. It's, if you've ever played those golf games or you like, like Lars was describing, you know, swinging into that net and then it almost like if you, have you ever went and tried out like a golf club at like Dick sporting goods and they have that net, that yeah. net and that screen and you go hit back there and it, it basically has a display where it shows theoretically where your ball would have landed. I think it's kind of like that. Um, for the drive and then obviously finish with the short game. But I think it's pretty cool. I think it's a cool idea. In, in the NFL, Christian, is it just kickers and um, quarterbacks who have time to play court or have time to play golf? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, in the off season, you know, a lot of guys do like to play golf. I know um, it, it, like uh, even in Alabama, when I was in college, 
we had a group of guys that we we always would you know in the spring when we'd have uh, a lot more free time we'd you know get done with workouts and we'd uh, sneak off to the golf course and play some rounds so yeah um generally you do see a lot of you know guys like quarterbacks kickers they're in some linemen they're usually your, your big golfers on the football team but um I, I was one of those guys i used to try to sneak out there i wasn't very good but i always had fun who who is the best among the guys that you played with at alabama um david cornwell was actually really good yeah he was good um blake the barnett was pretty good yeah quarterback, quarterback. Midwest. yeah he was from oklahoma he was a he was a pretty good golfer and uh blake barnett wasn't bad either another quarterback uh, yeah two another, quarterbacks surprising that never finished <laughs> at alabama yeah well that's uh that's interesting uh hey yeah, transfer people report. said i look just like blake barnett uh, <laughs> really is, when I, I when i was yeah. younger is that something you just wanted to tell millions i or? don't know I, I don't know i just i i got that so many times that he's my doppelganger <laughs> wow and um and uh david duchovny when X Files was popular, now that's somebody. I was at a bar in New York City one day, or one af- one evening, I should say, and uh, a young lady just would not believe I wasn't David Duchovny. So uh, I guess we'll find out how that works during the break. We'll be right back. With Black Friday Savings at the Home Depot, you can get top brand laundry sets with the latest tech to tackle any mess you might face this holiday, like automatic fabric and load size detection for spills of any size from cookies and milk. on. Welcome back to Big Noon Sports with Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and Christian Miller. Back on the show with Christian Matt Lars. Uh, somebody opened up the portal and let the tied receivers run through. We told you first hour Christian Leary uh, was going to enter, and just here within the last few minutes, um, Freshon Holden. Uh, Christian is in that's Tuscaloosa. It. That's yep. surprising to me. Uh, yeah, I thought he had uh, gained a little bit of momentum this past uh, season, and uh, I'll go to Christian because. I hate it that Trey Sanders did. I understand why, but he's just because of his situation. He's always been a favorite of mine. Me too. But um, what are you hearing about the portal in Tuscaloosa there, Christian Miller? I'm hearing that is wide open. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I said it yesterday or the day before, man. I mean, you know, we saw you know a name or two, and I said there be there's going to be a few more guys, and and that's what's happening. It's just kind of part of it. You know, nowadays in this in this generation of kids, man, I hate to say it, but it's just there's there's just this need for instant gratification, and unfortunately, kids don't necessarily understand, you know, persevering and and being resilient and 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 working for things, and that you know nothing comes easy in this world. And I'm not knocking guys; I don't mean to come off like that because I, I mean every situation is different. I mean, Trey Sanders. You're an older guy. You have like one or two more years left. You're, you're number four on the depth chart. I understand that, but it's just tough, man. It's because it, it hurts the team when so many guys leave. That, and that's that's why we don't have as many leaders on the team anymore, like Coach Saban was saying. Hey, uh, I got a great idea. 
Let's talk about it. 205-342-9904. We've got an entire 30-minute segment here where you can call in your opinion on anything from what we were just talking about with the transfer portal, Alabama's chance to make it the national championship, Hugh Freeze, et cetera. It's 205-342-9904, and those are for our stations here in Birmingham, Tuscaloosa, and stationed over in the Aniston-Gadston area. So go ahead and dial in if you like. Again, it's 205-342-9904. And, and Lars, we're going to continue to implement the people that listen to this show more and more often. Yeah, uh, that is the plan moving forward, and uh, we're still uh, a relatively young show. We just launched a few a few days ago formally, but um, yeah, we want to uh, have callers be a regular part of the show, and and also we're going to bring in guests from all around the country. We're going to have uh, Tim Brando join us here at uh, the bottom of the hour. And Tim will probably be with us for two segments, and and using uh, my Rolodex, Matt's Rolodex, Christian's Rolodex, and Christian's by far is thicker than both of Matt and I combined. <laughs> uh, I think we really can uh, get a, 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 an array of of guests on uh, who are are prominent, not just in the state of Alabama, but across the country. And, um, you know, it was so funny yesterday uh, during the break, Matt, when uh, uh, when Christian and I were just hanging out in the studio in, in Tuscaloosa and we had been talking about Levi Wallace, just randomly, Levi Wallace FaceTimes Christian. <laughs> really? Yeah. Was he listening? Oh, oh actually. <laughs> no, he I, wasn't. He, no, I had, I had uh, told him that we were uh, talking about him on here, so I didn't know it. Oh, okay. It was, yeah, no, right. his ears weren't ringing, but it, no, I um, definitely got got to speak with him during that break. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited. He said he'd love to come on the show, and, and I'd love to have him on here. Well, you know, in the first hour, we jumped right in with a story about uh, Trent Dilfer. But I don't know that I ever really heard from Christian. Christian, this guy's never coached at the college level before. Um, Ten years ago, he was literally slinging it around in the NFL. Um, Mm. Is this a curious hire to you? You know, I'm I'm starting to see this new trend, and and I'm all for, you know, stepping outside of the box and, you know, being innovative and trying to, you know, you know, do do things outside the norm, and and um, yeah, I think it, it definitely could work. I think Lars said it best. I think it's one of those things where it's either going to be a home run or a strikeout. Um, I, I feel like UAB would be a good start for him on the college level, and um, I, I personally think that he's going to do well. I mean, at the end of the day, it, in my honest opinion, I feel like to be a good head coach, you need two things: you need to to really understand football. And you need to be a leader of men. You need to lead your coaches. You need to lead your team. You have to be a motivator. You have to establish a culture and identity in that program and uh, get those guys to rally behind you. And I think he encompasses all of those things. If you watch him, um, you know, with his time at the Elite 11 and and just, you know, how he coaches, you know, he's very passionate about the game. He's very knowledgeable, knowledgeable about the game. Um, he understands the quarterback position, which um, by far requires the most amount of knowledge about football. Um, so he understands the game, and uh, I think his biggest uh, challenge is going to be, you know, hiring the correct guys um, on his team and then getting the right coaches on board um, that can help establish that culture there at UAB. But I, I feel that it, it can be uh, a potentially, you know, really good hire for them. And uh, 
I'm looking forward to see uh, how they do. I'm definitely going to keep up with them. You know, on on the personal side, Dilfer has had to deal with some very difficult times. Um, he and his wife, Cassandra, um, and I love that name, Cassandra. Uh, that was almost what I named one of my daughters. Um, but uh, anyway, he and his wife, Cassandra, they, they're parents to three daughters, Maddie, Tori, and Delaney, and all three of them played Division One college volleyball. Uh, but then in April of 2003, uh, their only son, Trevin, just five years old, uh, had a virus attack his heart, and it, it took his life. Oh. And uh, the, the loss was just, uh, just emotionally devastating. I mean, I, it, it just, uh, I'm almost tearing up talking about it because my, my, my daughters are five years old. But but Trent has been very honest about it, and he said it just uh, it crushed him. And he said he be he began to drink heavily, you know. And and this is something he's talked openly about. So I'm not sort of be betraying anything here that hasn't been previously reported or, or he hasn't previously talked about openly. Um, but uh, Dilfer was able to get out of this dark place, and he credits his his family and his faith. And most importantly, his friendship with Matt Hasselbeck, a former Seahawk teammate, for pulling him out of that dark period. And um, Christian, to me, that, that shows that just how what, what the bond is among players, right? That, that, that Matt, Matt Hasselbeck, another you know, former NFL quarterback, or I guess they were both in, in the NFL at the time. Um, and they had just d developed a, a friendship, and I, I don't know if they were ever on the same team or not. Uh, I'm not sure how that relationship formed, but certainly football was at the core of it. But really, it was uh, it was so it, it was Matt that uh, that really helped guide him out of it. And um, you know, uh, I, I'm it, again, it, it's a really sort of tough background story. But I think it shows the power of sports once again because it's not just about what happens between the lines, right? It is the, it's the bond that you form with uh, teammates, with competitors, with coaches, and uh, that really helped him, uh, Christian, to get through that. 100%. And uh... It's one of those things where, you know, when you're on a football team and, and you're, you know, you do everything together with these guys, you know, you're going to workouts together, you're practicing together, you know, you you literally are shedding blood, sweat and tears together. Um, you do form just some, some unbreakable, unshatterable bonds. And um, I know for me personally, you know, I've, I've gone through some tough times in my life and, you know, helping me get through those are some of my best friends from my football teams and, uh you know, we, we have bonds that are going to last forever, and uh, those relationships are so sturdy. You know, I have I have teammates um, that I keep up with from high school, you know, that we just develop these bonds just from playing together in high school, and my college teammates, my pro teammates. Um, you know, I'm very thankful for those guys. You know, football truly is a brotherhood, and uh, there's just a special camaraderie amongst uh, all the men in that locker room. And, uh, you know, they, they definitely um, go to – um, extreme measures to, to look out for one another um, because at the end of the day we're all fighting for each other out there on that field so um, we're going to do the same thing off the field and fight for each other off of it as well and 
and uh, just formed some special relationships. So it's, it's nice to hear that he had some teammates that, that really helped him through that situation. The number for Big Noon Sports is 205-342-9904. Mike has dialed us up. Mike, how are you on this afternoon? Hey, hey, Matt. Uh, I'm doing great, man. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. Uh, Terrific. All right, man. All right, I hear you. Uh, I just want to, hey, I'll make a couple of comments real quick. Uh, this is kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing, Matt, but, you know, you're going to have to get, you're gonna have to get Terry Henley back on your show because uh, he owes you guys an explanation. He, he came on the radio and fact, yeah. made a statement you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're right. Lane Kimmel will be next coach. Uh, let me ask you guys I'll real call, quick. I'll call him later today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I'll ask you guys real quick about and uh, what what y'all were saying a while ago about, you know, the transfer portal. And, you know, it's really a shame and I, about how guys will quick to transfer out if things don't go exactly their way. Now, I agree with what y'all were saying with Trey Sanders. After you've been there a few years and you did everything you could and you just don't see no future playing, you have a chance to transfer somewhere where you can play. But the young guys coming in, you know, fight it out and give it a chance to see, you know, see where you stand on things. You know what I'm saying? Um, I want to ask you real quick, you know, hang up and listen. Okay, uh, these days the criteria, I mean the criteria for the voting for the Heisman Trophy. Uh, Matt, I remember back in the day, okay, Bo Jackson won, won the Heisman Trophy, and Auburn went 8-4 and four that year. Uh, Tim Brown won it from Notre Dame, and they went 7-5 and five or 8-4. and four. Uh, but I think the criteria for voting for the Heisman Trophy nowadays has changed. Um, um, Booger McFarland made a statement that Bryce Young, uh, on the other night on national television said that he was the best quarterback in the, uh, in, in college football. But nowadays, if your team is not just how you do as an individual player, but if your team's not competing for a national championship or you lose more than one game, you're out of the running for it. I want to hear y'all's thoughts on that now. Hang up and listen. Thanks, man. Uh, great call, Mike. Thanks, and uh, those of you listening can follow up at 205-342-9904. I, I think the biggest thing in my lifetime that we've seen change in, in the Heisman voting is that it used to be senior-oriented. Uh, that was it. Um, in fact, I was Archie the first one to win it, Archie Griffin, first one to win it as a junior and then win it again as a senior. Uh, but then later on, you had Johnny Manziel win it as a freshman. So uh, that that has changed a lot. But didn't Paul Horning – win the Heisman at Notre Dame and a two-win Irish team? I'll look that up. But your thoughts, Lars and Christian? Uh, yeah. I, I, you know, I've never been a Heisman voter um, and uh, haven't really wanted to. But, uh, it, you know, the, the supposedly this is what the, the, the sort of statement from the, the Heisman – what do they call it? The Heisman Trust or the – I forget the downtown athletic. Yeah, club. yeah, but it, the Heisman is given to a player quote whose performance best exhibits the pursuit of excellence with integrity, and who quote epitomizes great ability combined with diligence, performance, and hard work. So it, you know, it's sort of open to interpretation. If uh, you have some off the field uh, issues, whether or not you would still uh, keep be eligible to 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 win it but it 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 really comes down to uh regions because it is impossible if you are covering a team and a lot of Heisman voters 
and it, it seems like every sports writer in the country has a has a Heisman vote. Um, and and I, I'm always sort of a little uh, distrustful of people who, in their Twitter bios, say that they're a Heisman voter. Well, you know that <laughs> doesn't really mean much these days. But um, it, it, it's it, it becomes a it, it's a regional battle. Like uh, the, the year that Trent Richardson, I thought should have won the Heisman. There was another player in the South, and I can't remember who it was. Christian. They ended up splitting the votes in the region, and that opened the door for I, I forget who to, to, for for Trent not to win the Heisman. But but really, you just you need to get the majority of votes in your region, and uh, and and let's let's face it. Um, Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was it was a honey badger who uh, who got a lot of votes uh, that you. year mm. uh, as well from the South. And I think if uh, if uh, say the honey badger was, you know, he came on a year later, I think Trent would have won the Heisman. Um, but uh, Christian, you know way more about this than I do. What What are your thoughts? You'd be surprised. I honestly don't know much about the whole Heisman voting thing. I do know that it's voted uh, upon, uh, voted upon by media members. And it, this sounds uh, no offense. I know you guys are in, the, in the media. I do media stuff now yeah. too, but. I almost wish they'd let, you know, players and coaches also decide that because we kind of know what to look for (laughs) and like who truly makes an impact on that football field. I feel like there's a lot of bias amongst media members and I hate to say it, but some, some of these people don't necessarily have football experience and might not necessarily truly understand um, how much a guy impacts a football game. You know what I mean? So uh, that would just be, if I could make some changes, I would also allow coaches and players to have some type of involvement. Um, in the voting, but that's just me. I what mean, do you do with the Associated as, Press polling? I mean, as of right now, there's a 870 media vote for the Heisman, and then like 40, 45 former. Winners. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think. Well, here, here, here's a question for you, Christian. Do you keep up when you when you are playing? Do you have a chance to keep up with what? say uh caleb williams is doing out at usc right would you guys be talking about that in the locker room not necessarily but i mean if i played against these guys then yeah um and so maybe maybe the guys that played against these players that are up for the heisman maybe you could do it like that i see what you're saying you know media members would have a lot more time to actually watch these players and and, um you know have a lot more merit to their votes given that um information so you're you're 100 right but yeah no i I just i know uh, playing against these guys you know i could i can tell you if you know they if if they're worthy of it or if they're not does that make sense yeah absolutely uh good topic which will continue in just a moment The best sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports. Hi, it's Chris Stewart. Make this holiday season an adventure and get an incredible deal at Townsend Honda. Shop Ford, Nissan, BMW, Chevrolet, Jeep, Lexus. Clear with a freeze likely below at 31. And tomorrow the weather will stay dry with a good supply of sunshine. The high at 57 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 57 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
Back on Big Noon Sports with Matt, Lars, Christian. Talking about the uh, Heisman. By the way, uh, Christian, are you pretty convinced uh, Caleb Williams is going to win it? Um, I, I think there's a good shot that he wins it. You know, because in, in my opinion, when you talk about Heisman's or MVPs, I look for two things. Um, I look for your your play individually and how you impact your team. And I feel that his play has been spectacular this year, and he truly has impacted that Southern California team. It looks like um, they're almost uh, a sure lock to get in the playoffs at this point, as long as they win out. And, um, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he wins the Heisman this year. Wow, what an incredible job. Lincoln Riley has done. I mean, I thought he would do well. I thought he would do well very quickly, not this fast. I mean, he's in line to play and maybe even win a national championship in his very first season at Southern Cal. And along with that, he took the Heisman Trophy winner, potentially, um, put him in his back pocket in Oklahoma and took him to win the when, when, when did they, 11-1 and one now, and they'll play for the Pac-12 championship against Utah? Let me ask you about that, Christian. What are the chances that uh, Utah wins and K-State beats TCU? Uh, it's tough to say, Matt. I mean, I will say, you know, in football, any given day you can lose. You know, in football, it's easy for people to look on paper and, you know, just go ahead and determine a, a game. But realistically, in football, man, it's – there's a lot of factors that go into those football games. So I, I would say for both of them to lose, I think that's a long shot. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if one of them loses. Um, you know, maybe maybe TCU loses. I don't I don't know. I mean, it's tough to say, Matt. I hope both of them lose so Alabama gets a shot. But I want to yeah. I want to uh, add back onto that Heisman thing. I, I was mentioning, and uh, we were talking about the the voting criteria. You know, in the NFL, with the Pro Bowl, every year they, they send out, like, a list for the uh, to the players and coaches, and we, like, sit down and we have to vote um, on who we feel, um, you know, deserves to be in the Pro Bowl. And so that's kind of the the um, the way I'd like to see maybe the Heisman, you know, start, you know, being voted upon or, or maybe, you know, some type of criteria where they, they allow more influence from the players and coaches just because I feel like the players and coaches have – probably the most, uh, you know, knowledge when it comes to, you know, who is deserving of that type of, a, uh, that type of award. It's, uh, it's interesting how you would uh, end up collecting the votes. And I want to ask a question, please. This is candid, but kind of serious. Do the players take it? Uh, they, you know, they do their homework because you don't play everybody, you know, uh, somebody might not even be in your conference, division, what league, whatever. Uh, but like when you voted, were you really involved and did your homework on the players that you voted all pro? Well, you play a lot. You play against a lot of them, and the guys that you don't play, you're seeing them on film. You know, we watch so much tape in the NFL that even if you don't play somebody, you're, you're seeing them on film a good bit, and uh, you're you're going to be really familiar with their game. Um, so to answer your question, yeah, no, we were we were very much involved in that and. And, uh, we, you know, we took it serious. We, we definitely, you know, listed the guys that we felt were deserving of it. And uh, I feel like it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fair thing to do. Um, again, not taking anything from the media. I don't mean to disrespect them or um, taking away from their credibility. I just I, I feel like it would just be nice to have some players and coaches have some influence on the award as well. Well, I think that there's probably a, a number of media members that probably don't take the Heisman voting 
as seriously as they should. Have you ever had a vote? Yeah, I had a vote in the early 80s, and I took it damn seriously, you know. And, and, and if you do that, then you need to stay up late and watch the replays and the highlights of what's happening on the West Coast. You can't just vote in the South. Yeah, and, and it, I, I it, think there's regional voting in the Heisman that really and really me. you need to watch the entire like if, if for us here living in Alabama, you need to stay up and watch those or or DVR those late West Coast games. Uh, you know, especially if USC kicks off at what like ten o'clock our time. Um, you need to watch Caleb Williams and not just the highlights. Everybody looks great in highlights, right? Uh, you look at those those uh, high school. Every high school kid, if you did, if you look at his highlights, you think, "Oh man, this is a five star." Um, but you you need. He to didn't see... see the seven fumbles though. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, exactly. But um, yeah, it, it's an imperfect science. But uh, I, I think Caleb Williams has this thing wrapped up. Um, I do too, unless something just crazy happens against the Utes. You're listening to Big Noon Sports. Up next is Tim Brando. This is Big Noon Sports with Lars, Matt, and Christian. Hello, boys and girls, moms and dads. Mr. Spiller here, and I want to welcome you to Mr. Spiller's Neighborhood. It's a lovely day here at Spiller anytime we have a sale. And right There's the uh, familiar electric light orchestra, which can only mean one thing. Fox Sports' Tim Brando is with us. Timmy, music question for you. Was Jeff Lynn of ELO a member of the Traveling Wilburys? He was. Wrote a lot of their material. He awesome. Sure did. You, sure you did. know, Timmy, we we got a couple of bourbons in front of us, and we could go all day on, on great rock and roll. But we got you on here to talk about sports. Uh, and let I'm going to lead with what we started the week with. And, and and that's the hiring of Hugh Freeze at Auburn. Tim Brando's thoughts. Home run hire. The one I thought they probably should have made immediately, and we wouldn't have had all this drama, because that's where they were going to wind up, in my opinion. Uh, and it was pretty clear through the entire process that the maestro uh, playing all the strings was uh, Jimmy Sexton. So uh, I was not surprised at all. In fact, I... I think I may have said on this show, he was the guy. Who else really were they going to be able to get beyond Lane Kiffin, who, in my opinion, would have been stepping sideways to have gone? And I know that probably upsets a lot of Auburn people to hear, but I think that's the fact. I think the landscape has changed. I don't think the Ole Miss job is inferior to Auburn's at all. Uh, But I do think that Auburn would have been probably in, in worse shape if they had not gotten Lane. I think Lane just is a better fit. I mean, excuse me, that that um, that uh, Hugh is a better fit for Auburn than, than Lane is. So um, uh, that, 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 was the, that was the guy that I thought should have had the job all along. Timmy, uh, were you surprised that the, the sort of collective – 
I don't know if you'd call it outrage, but just uh, sort of disbelief, little anger uh, by the, uh, I don't know, probably the, the minority, but the loud minority of Auburn fans on social media uh, when it was uh, revealed that Hugh Freeze was going to be the head coach. Uh, it just seemed to be, you know, w- w- perhaps the most controversial hire in uh, Auburn sports history. Well, this is all, Lars, this is going to be, uh, there's going to be that no matter what on, on that platform. I think a lot of us uh, need to to take a step back and remind ourselves that while, especially in media, we we deal with, with Twitter because it's a necessary evil, but we all have to understand it's a cesspool that we're swimming in whenever we go there. Um, and that's true in all walks of life, okay? Not just in, in coaching and uh, in sports news and people's reaction fan bases. It's basically Twitter has now become no different than any message board website that a school has, you know, these, these, um, um, I call them pom-pom waving media websites. Okay. People disguised as media that have no real journalistic credibility whatsoever. And they allow for these, um, fans to get on with anonymous handles to just bludgeon whoever they want, whenever they want. So I, I don't really put a lot of stock in that. I'm not surprised at any of it. Nobody there really likes anything. And if anybody suggests that they like something uh, on Twitter, they're going to be attacked. <laughs> just, you know, I, I get more grief for for positive tweets I make about people than I do negative tweets <laughs> about decisions. And I try not to make negative tweets about people, but I do have negative feelings for decisions that are made, uh, whether they be media decisions or or uh, uh, coaching uh, carousel. Uh, conversation or or the college football playoffs. I mean, I'll, there there are going to be times when I write something that's positive, and that's when I get the most blowback. So no, I really wasn't surprised. Tim Hugh uh, had mentioned his phone was blowing up with coaches having peak interest in joining his staff at Auburn. What makes the plane so attractive, and and why are these coaches so eager to join his staff? Well, he's a great guy to work for. If you've ever been around him, he delegates. And he, um, uh, he allows the coach to coach, which I think is great, given how hands-on he is uh, from an offensive standpoint. And he is hands-on from play to play. Okay, he, he, He's the guy. Um, he's got a lot of help on the offensive side, but he is the guy. So especially from a defensive standpoint, whoever's going to be working with him is going to have carte blanche as a coordinator, but he's going to have to understand that um, their version of the defensive coordinator's version of complimentary football may not be able to be played the way they would like because he's going to go fast, and uh, fast sometimes means a quick three and out, and your defense is back on the field again, and you got to understand that. Um, that uh, he, I, Listen, it's a, Auburn's going to pay a lot of money to assistant coaches. They've got a war chest. And in the final analysis on this, uh, and I, I – I did a little math on it after the decision was made. The word was that Sexton was trying to get $10 million for Lane, and, and evidently Auburn was maybe prepared to go that far. I don't know. Um, why Lane opted out of that situation, I, I really don't know. But 
in his doing so, they saved about three, three and a half million annually by hiring him. Uh, and that just goes back into their war chest for staff or for whatever else they want to spend it on. Um, you know, Lane, Lane is, he, he would have cost them about another three and a half million. In Hughes' case, you know, he's doubling his salary. Auburn's saving about $21 million that they can use in other areas, including uh, uh, building a tremendous staff around him. So, uh, and they've got a big-time uh, NIL situation there that allows coaches to know that they're going to be able to get some of the best. They should be able to procure uh, offensive players that will be really impact guys. Uh, now the question then will become, uh, and, and I believe he's he's capable of doing it. You knows how to win games, okay? He, he knows how to win, and it doesn't take him long for his offense to turn things around. Um, he knows that they've got to have some grunts, that they have to have some legacy guys. I think holding on to Carnell is another you know great op, you know uh, example of that. So uh, I, I I really believe that a lot of coaches want to coach great players at a place that they feel that can be of national significance. And listen, I don't think you're not going to have to wait long at all with you there. I mean, he'll have that program on the precipice of uh, the college football playoff within a handful of years, I think, maybe sooner. Tim Brando, Fox Sports, is our guest. Okay, uh, coaching hire question number two, Trent Dilford to UAB. Well, man, that's a – I mean, I – I've known Trent a long time. I called some of his games in the NFL. In fact, the year they won the Super Bowl in 2000, uh, Spencer and I did a couple of their games. Uh, And and (laughs) he's just a really good guy. Uh, And I know he's been coaching. And one of the reasons why he got away from from broadcasting was because he just wanted to to, to concentrate on that. And um, I I don't know who at UAB was behind this or was able to pull it off. But... um, I think it's a diamond in the rough hire. I really do. I'm excited for UAB. Tim, uh, what was your reaction to the announcement last night of the college football uh, committee coming out with their standings and the the fact that uh, Ohio State is five, Alabama six? Do you think they got it right? Yeah, yeah, it has to be because – at least in this case, it has to be because Alabama's wins are not as significant as Ohio State. Uh, they're just not. Uh, even the non-conference win early in the year against Notre Dame, that far back, it gives um, Ohio State a leg up. And when you look at what Alabama did within the league, all right, um, it hurts them that LSU lost the way they did to Texas A&M. Uh, it, it does. Uh, that. They needed LSU to be, you know, in a in a pretty positive position if they were going to hold on to their standing, uh, and then to have Tennessee get blown away by South Carolina doesn't help. Okay, their their uh, significant wins do not measure up to Ohio State's in any shape, fashion, or form. Now, Ohio State is just as pure playoff privileged as Alabama. They're the northern version of Alabama, and there's a reason why I get. I've, heard from some Tennessee people that are upset that that Alabama's ahead of them and I'm like, hey man, you gave up 63 to South Carolina. That's not a good look. But yeah, I know you beat them head to head. The reality is uh, Alabama of late has looked a lot better than Tennessee. And the other thing 
is the committee poised those two programs to be in a position that they could step right back in with pure playoff privilege if either TCU or USC loses. I think there's a much better chance, okay, of TCU uh, if they lose to Kansas State, then there's a very good chance that TCU could be bounced out uh, if if they lose to K State. I don't think that's going to happen. I'm, I'm, as you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm pretty high on the Horn Frogs. Have been all year. But if K-State were to beat them, and it's not beyond the realm of possibility, they looked really good last week in the game we had, and uh, they've got some revenge, and it's hard to beat a team in your league a second time. If that happens, then I think the the case could be made that Ohio State slides in over TCU. But if um, if USC loses, fellas, and this is the this is the the truth that Alabama fans don't want to hear, Alabama's in a position to go into the Final Four provided there's a bad loss for USC. If Utah were to beat them soundly, okay, not a narrow escape as they had earlier in the year, I don't, USC's brand is on par with Alabama. And USC's got a better wins than Alabama. I mean, Alabama's biggest win are, uh, wins are against four-loss teams, fellas. Four-loss teams in the SEC. Ole Miss stated, LSU presumably will lose to Georgia. That would be their fourth loss. So, I mean, what's your biggest win? Mississippi State, is that your biggest win? I don't know that that's good enough to catapult you ahead of USC into the fourth position, provided they lose, okay, to Utah in a rematch, which which they may well win. So uh, it's, it's, it's not going to be your year. Now, the committee wants to make Alabamians and Alabama fans feel like they are privileged, and they are. Uh, to be on the doorstep, but I don't think you gain entry to the house. I don't. Tim, you uh, just mentioned USC, and Heisman Trophy odds have been updated, and Caleb Williams is now favored to win over Blake Corum. Do you feel like it's his trophy to lose, and uh, what are your thoughts on Caleb Williams? Probably. It probably is. Uh, I think Max Duggan is, is, in my opinion, been the most outstanding player uh, in this college football season, what he's done for TCU. But Duggan is not playing for a pure playoff privilege of brand-name school. So it looks like Caleb's going to be the runaway choice if, if he has the kind of game against Utah many anticipate him having. But I will throw some caution to the wind, okay? Uh, Morgan Scally, the defensive coordinator, former safety, um, very much like Jim Leonard of Wisconsin. Uh, he's got a tremendous defense, and they may – really give Caleb some trouble this week. A second opportunity, they already won the first game, but Caleb did have a, a really good performance in that game. This was a dangerous team for them to play. It's often been said uh, that the, the Heisman Trophy is uh, almost always going to go to a quarterback, and that's, that's true in, modern, in the modern era. But a quarterback has a greater chance of losing a Heisman than a running back because the quarterback can throw it away in just one bad performance. So one bad performance, and I think it opens the, the Pandora's box and a few more people are in the hunt, you know. Uh, it's funny that we've been talking about Caleb Williams, uh, a transfer from where? Oklahoma, who, who, who's doing it at USC in year one under Lincoln Riley. Uh, who else is the former Oklahoma quarterback that's torched defenses the last couple of weeks? And who has better wins back-to-back in college football than Shane Beamer? And uh, and Rattler, Rattler's been playing like the Heisman candidate we all yeah. thought he was a year ago. Amazing. 
pretty amazing when you think about it. Great stuff, Timmy B. Thank you. Hopefully we'll speak with you next week. Have a great afternoon. Thanks, Tim, my friend. You got Thanks, it. Tim. You got it. I'll see you uh, on Fox in the snowy blue fields of Boise, Idaho for the Mountain West this, this coming Saturday. You guys we'll take be care. watching. Stay warm. You bet. All right. I need to call him about Boise. Okay. We'll be back in just a moment. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. You've probably seen their clothing around town on game days, but check out Christopher Mobley on the Strip. It's luxury game day apparel redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoops apparel. Clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur, golf enthusiast, and athleisure fanatic. They've got Peter Millar, Viore, Grayson, and Mizzen and Main. And if you haven't tried the Mizzen and Main dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 1410 University Boulevard on the Strip. Also, they've got a great e-commerce site at ChristopherMobley.shop. So check out Christopher Mobley, luxury game day apparel redefined. With Black Friday savings at the Home Depot, you'll find top brand kitchen appliances with innovative features that can do more so your holidays can be more. Ovens with built-in air fryers for baking the perfect cookies. Countless hours it took you to wrap your trees and bushes and outline every peak and gable of your house with lights. If you've lit up your house in any way, we want to see it and share it with the rest of Alabama. All submissions will be qualified to win $1,000. So when your house is lit up, go outside and snap a pic and send it to us on our free app. Sponsored also by Hudson Pool Fine Jewelers and Townsend Honda. Let's light up West Alabama this Christmas. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Sunny, cool, and windy this afternoon. Temperatures will hover in the middle 50s. For tonight, the winds will die down, clear with a freeze likely below at 31. And tomorrow, the weather will stay dry with a good supply of sunshine, the high at 57 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 57 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Back on Big Noon Sports as we wrap up the Wednesday edition. Grant Coulter, Christian Miller, and Lars Anderson. I want to give a quick shout-out because um, they are now ranked 26th in the nation in the Associated Press poll. Troy University has, under the radar, done an incredible job this year. Uh, there are two losses. They are 10-2. and two. One of them was that Hail Mary, unbelievable, can't believe App State did it. You remember the Saturday that uh, App State Troy at Boone was game day? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Troy lost, it and, you know, okay, they won on a Hail Mary, but they could easily be 11-1. and one. Their only loss is to Ole Miss, and that was 28-10. But anyway, they're in the southern portion of our state, and I guess this probably has some something to do with it. But a lot of my money went to Troy, as uh, my daughter is a proud Trojan graduate. But anyway, uh, they're going to uh, end up playing Coastal Carolina for the league championship. So there's there's my final comment of uh, what has been a very, very busy day, Lars. Um, is there any way that you can go cover UAB in the Bahamas? Um, I don't know. I'll have to ask the bosses. 
Uh, I've wish, never been to the Bahamas. I wish UAB had a greater national appeal just because the story of the death and rebirth of that program is so good. And um, I, it, it would make for a great book. And uh, and I know that Bill Clark has often mentioned that this is going to be a movie one day. Um, and it, it certainly could. But the only problem is the the audience is, is relatively limited. limited. Hey, Christian in Tuscaloosa, Christian Miller, you you got a final comment for us? You know, I'm just I'm just curious to see how this transfer portal you know turns up. You know, Ryan Fowler just walked in here and we were just discussing it briefly. Just he was saying he might even wouldn't be surprised if it's you know double digit numbers pretty soon. So curious to keep an eye on that, and uh, I guess that's just the 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 stage at where we're at in college football just so different it just feels like free agency um you know just definitely yeah. not something i'm used to I, I probably could count on my hands the number of people that transferred um from alabama when i was there and uh, now it seems like every year you're getting at least 10 plus so definitely something to keep an eye out for and then obviously you know keep an eye out for the guys that might be transferring in so um definitely be on the lookout for that and look at all the former Alabama players who have transferred and done so well. Drew Sanders, linebacker, Arkansas. I was watching that game the other He's day. He's a final four of the Buckus Award. And he's a first-round pick. What, what? But is there really that many that, that perform like he has, Lars? Well, That's the thing. Well, I, well, hold on. But, but, Christian, let me ask you. Why? What happened? What happened with Drew Sanders? You know, he was he was a, a promising player when he was here. He had all the potential in the world. He could play outside linebacker, inside linebacker. And I think Coach Saban mentioned, you know, they, they wanted to, uh, you know, potentially use him at inside linebacker moving forward. Um, but I, I feel that, um, you know, he just um, was worried he would be behind guys like Will Anderson and Dallas Turner, even though those guys are two outside linebackers. But he knew that, you know, he had Henry Toto at the Mike position and, um, maybe he wasn't, you know, too aware of them potentially, you know, moving him to that will linebacker position. I'm not sure. Um, but I, I know if he would have stayed, they would have found a large role for him in this defense. And uh, I wouldn't have been surprised if he would have been starting at the will linebacker position next to Henry Toto. Um, but again, he went to Arkansas and, and, it, and it panned out great for him. Um, I just I look at the, the other names, though, and, and it's uh, honestly for every one guy that does perform well when he transfers out, it seems like there's four or five that unfortunately um, don't pan out the same. Yeah. And um, I guess I, I, I was just thinking of like Alvin Kamara. This is before transfer portal oh. and, and Jerome Ford. Yeah. Uh, uh, did, Cincinnati guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, and it worked out okay. great for those guys, and I'm, and I'm happy for them. I just sometimes you have to understand though that, that, that these guys have that grass is greener syndrome, and they think that going elsewhere might you know make it you know give them that shot that they, they've been waiting on but unfortunately it doesn't always work out that way but I, I wish that nothing but the best for anybody that does transfer out hey let's do this again in 22 hours you've been listening to big noon sports oh, 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 O'Reilly. see the road ahead more clearly with sylvania bulbs and o'reilly auto parts right now purchase select sylvania bulbs and get up to a 20-